My friend Mindy, who bakes bread, said this. When I need bread, I can tell I have all the right amount of ingredients and the consistency is right when the dough feels like flesh, when the dough feels alive. Now, it was kind of random uh, that I talked to her this week and she shared this, but I have to be honest with you, I've kind of hung on to Mindy's words because this is one of the only images that has been helpful to me as I try to understand again what Jesus is trying to teach us here in this little chunk of scripture this week. And remember, we're on week four of five, so we've been here for a while. But this is what Jesus says today, what Al just read, and it's really strange. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Okay, so what Jesus is saying is we need to eat his flesh. Now, quite radical, and you can understand why the people who heard this in Jesus' time were disturbed, and they did not get either understand what Jesus was saying. We can kind of get our minds around bread. We know bread, it's accessible, it's a staple food, but flesh? Somehow images come to mind for me of like prime rib, serve buffet style, or if you were there last night, there was a whole smoked pig on the roaster, that's flesh. It's a radical image. How do we eat Jesus' flesh? Now, some have debated and they continue to debate that Jesus is referencing the Eucharist, Holy Communion here, the bread as his body and the wine as his blood. But I think that takes us off the hook too easily. And the reason that I think that is it's interesting that the word that John uses here is not the word body. Jesus doesn't say, eat my body. Jesus says, eat my flesh. We can't soften that image. It's flesh. Now, one connection that may be helpful for us is to look at other places in the Gospel of John where he uses the word flesh. And again, we're brought back to the beginning of the gospel, John's Christmas story, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. So do you see the connection here? God, who came down to us in flesh, in the humanness of Jesus, a God who could not keep the relationship at distance, but one who had to come down to this earth. And he revealed himself in the regular stuff of life. Like he showed up in our skin, in our muscle, in our bones, and he dealt with people and he continues to 
right in the midst of where they live in this world with its complexities and its brokenness and its bruises. This is the flesh that we are to eat. Now, we're not there yet, but thinking of it with that connection, maybe we can connect a little bit more with what Jesus is saying. Now, I don't know about you, but I often have fleshy days where I literally come home at the end of the day and you feel your day in your body. You know what I'm talking about? Because we deal with real life stuff. We don't live in abstract things. We live in tangible things. And for me, life gets really fleshy when I'm around my two six-year-old boys because they are boys and they are physical and they are fleshy. And then there's fleshy stuff at work, dealing with people, intense conversations, the demands, waiting in lines, the stuff we do every day. And I need to make one more connection to this fleshiness. And that is to take us back to another place where we hear about flesh. And I'm going to reference here, this is in the Gospel of Mark, when the leaders are asking Jesus about marriage and divorce. And Jesus says, and he's quoting Old Testament scripture, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that is why the ending of relationships hurt so much, because it's literally the tearing of flesh. We can get the fleshy stuff, can't we? Because we are flesh. We live in a fleshy world. And then Jesus says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. So we have flesh as an incarnate God, a God who comes down to us in everything that we experience and live in in this world. We have that, and we also have a relationship that Jesus is talking about. And I think it can be helpful for us when we hang on to that word living. And he talks about in the entirety of chapter 6, I am the bread of life. I'm the living bread. This giving of bread and of flesh in the Gospel of John does not happen just before Jesus' death, but it's happening in the middle of his life, in the middle of his ministry. And I think this is profound. This gift of relationship is meant to be claimed as we live. But I think often in our heads, when we think of faith, we think of faith as a span of a lifetime and that we are to reap the gifts of God once we have completed the journey, like bank the credits, rest in the reward kind of faith. 
This isn't what Jesus is teaching us here in the Gospel of John. We need it now. We need it daily. It's a living bread. It's a living God. And so maybe the question is then, where is this God in the midst of everything that is happening in your life right now. So I gotta go back and I gotta ask it again. Jesus says, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. How do we eat this flesh? We need to go back again to the beginning of this story. All that Jesus is talking about is an ongoing conversation about the feeding of the 5,000, which for John is a sign of who God is. Jesus sees this huge crowd. They have nothing to feed themselves. There's a deep need. All there is is a little bread and a little fish. But Jesus takes what he has in he distributes it, and everyone is fed. This is not just bread that they are eating. This is the giving of Jesus to the people. This is what Jesus is about. He's not just giving bread. He is giving all of himself, all of his fleshy self. And so the eating of this flesh is this, it's trusting in the relationship that the God who comes down to us, who comes down because he wants to be so connected to us, he wants to be in relationship with us and say, I wanna give you what you need in this world. So the eating of the flesh is trusting that God will provide for you in your needs in this life. Eating of the flesh is trusting that God will provide all you need in this life. And here's the difficult part, trusting. It is so hard to trust because we look at our life and everything in front of us and it's not clear how the next thing will come that we need. We don't trust well. We want to be the ones that provide. We want to control the backup plan. We want to push the button or pull the lever that will dispense what we need. And we spend most of our lives preparing to make sure that we have what we need if we need it. We love that control and we love that power. But what Jesus is saying is, I am the living bread. When you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will live. I wanna provide for your every need. And how does he do that? By in the midst of scarcity, providing abundance for all people. So it takes a moment again for us to go back and remember. It's the word that has become flesh and dwells among us, that's dwelling among us right now. 
God promises to be present in every fleshy thing in this world. And so if you wonder where God is, you kind of have to be like Mindy and knead into your life and feel that fleshiness. Feel all those things around us. And we should be able to do that because that's what we are made of. You know, I have been with a family who is close to death. And what I'm reminded of in those situations is how much we need to talk about life. It's because we don't know much about death because we haven't been there. And so it can be really scary and we're fearful and we can't imagine it. So what do we do in the time of death? We talk about fleshy things like what has brought us joy. We talk about family and we talk about moments. We eat these things and need these things because we're close to us. And I think that's good because what we're experiencing is God's promise in the present. And so what we have to do is trust. Trust in God in the present, in the flesh, in the living. And so I'm not trying to oversimplify faith because it's difficult. It's not always simple. But what if we remember that promise in the present, that promise in the flesh, trusting in a God who wants to be involved in our every need, a God who comes down into the real stuff of life, a God who is not distant but close. And so when we're searching for God, we need only look to the fleshy things of this world those things that we can touch, hear, smell, taste, and see. And know that God is there too. That's where Jesus was in the midst of that crowd, close to them. That's where that miracle happened. That's where that sign happened. It's living bread. It's word made flesh. And it's a promise in the present. Amen.